This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Cause we're gonna be I love you back. What up, Sydney? Good afternoon, good evening. Thank you so much for coming out. Uh, a lot to cover uh, in our time here together. A couple things I wanna talk about. First thing I wanna talk about is the concept of guilting people by giving so much without expectation that it creates the outcome that you're looking for. Thanks, mom. (laughs) And I think it's an interesting thing because when I come to talks, I'm always trying to provide the most value that I possibly can, and I'm trying to find platforms that connect all of us. Everybody in here is in a different place in their journey, whether it's entrepreneurship or working in an environment, startup, there's just so much different happening in the room that it's hard when you speak because you don't want to talk so narrow that half the audience is checked out because there's zero relevance and that's why I love talking about attention and I'll get to that in a minute because the one thing I'm sure of is that every single person here needs to understand that they have to grab attention and then storytell and create the action that they want. At the same token, it is that action that fascinates me. Nobody's sitting here without some sort of ambition to create something to happen. And I think there's a real huge mistake and misunderstanding of what, to be very frank, what I think has gotten me here versus other people in other statures and different opportunities. And there's just a very big difference between branding and selling. And I think for a lot of you in this room, there's a real interesting conversation because you want something to happen and either A, you can sell, and I think you guys know what selling looks like, or, <laughs> or you can brand, and I'm intrigued by branding because branding's funny, right? Like branding, so many of you right now are wearing clothes not, that you're wearing not because Vans tagged you, right, and cookied you or gave you a special deal for one day, it's because they built a brand and you wanted to buy it and I would implore all of you, and this is, you know, for so many of you, you have 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years of your career and you need to use that as leverage because when you have time on your hands, you can run a marathon instead of the 99% of what I see every day, which is everybody's putting on their sprinting shoes and trying to sell and close on the first transaction, which is just not an effective long-term strategy. It has value, it works, I get it. I love selling stuff. I love selling my new K-Swiss sneakers. I love selling wine. I love selling books. I like it. But there's such a better way if you're playing the long game and I think it's about bringing value. The thing that I obsess about, I mean I literally have been reading and I know because I see you guys see me interacting with you, I'm literally reading your two tweets in the back room and liking it, right? I'm engaging and paying attention and trying to figure out how am I going to bring value to this specific audience, this specific time, in an environment where I know a lot of you have already watched plenty of my content, like how do you figure that out? And it's intriguing to me that as I go down the path of success, I'm trying harder to bring value, not the other way around. 
And look, to me, that is the framework. To me, the framework is legacy, not currency. To me, the framework is doing the right thing is always the right thing. To me, the things that are making the people achieve going forward, my friends, why do you think all this stuff is happening in Hollywood right now? The truth is gonna be undefeated. The internet is now the middleman for retail, for media, for our society. That is the way it is now. The internet is the middleman, which means nobody's in control except for the end audience at scale. You may sit here and dwell because you're a defensive-minded person and think somebody's controlling Facebook's not controlling Facebook's exposing you because you're the one liking that So we sit around and we dwell and we go on defense and we think and all this and what we need is dramatic accountability. You know how many people in this audience right now say that they're passionate about too many things and that's why they haven't done anything? That's a excuse to not do. You're not too talented in too many things, you're lazy. (laughs) And so I'm really intrigued by a lot that's going on but the thing that I know more than anything is that we are living through the single greatest era for humans ever right now. I know that we're de- you know, deploying plenty of things that we're upset about and there's a lot of tension in the air and I think that's appropriate. I just don't think that we put things into context. You may not be happy about certain things in technology or politics or business or what have you, but that's a lot better than the Black Plague. And so to me, it is. Like I know sometimes, but like, remember Hitler? So, so I'm extremely optimistic, I'm extremely positive what's going on, and it's all because of the framework of this talk, this thing. You have to, how many people do not have a cell phone? Raise your hand. Cool, zero by the way, for everybody in the front rows. This thing is ridiculously powerful. This thing is the remote control of our society. This thing has eliminated every excuse out of your mouth. Because if you have to work nine to six to pay the bills, to pay your dues, to pay your debts, that is exactly right and appropriate. Everybody comes from different starting points. I have unbelievable empathy to that. The exciting thing though is that our grandparents didn't have this thing. They had to work nine to six, nine to seven, and then there was only so much upside that they could create for themselves long term from seven to two in the morning. This thing has fundamentally changed everything and I just think we take it for granted. I really wish everybody understood the power that's literally sitting in their hands right now. This is literally a media creation and distribution tool that would have cost tens of millions of dollars if you understand distribution. The technology probably cost $20,000, you know, 25 years ago, cameras, this, that, fine. The distribution, you would have had to shoot a satellite into space. You would have had to buy a printing press. You would have had to buy trucks. You would have had to done so much. The fact that every person here can literally turn this on themselves, create content around something they're interested in, and then have platforms like YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn distribute it, let me remind you, at no cost is so bad crazy for all of us old in here 
that I just wish people would not take it for granted. And so my friends, I come here tonight to really try to pull off one move. Can I actually take somebody, even if they're a huge fan, or if they've never heard of me before, and tweak their perspective on what's actually going on? Can I convince one of you that nobody gives a about your headaches and problems and when you complain, you're just taking minutes off the board and energy off the board from doing something about it. Literally, I am fascinated by the inability to be held accountable. I am fascinated that you actually are coming up and spending energy and trying to say why you're not successful because your older brother did some in 1996. And so I... Sorry, I mean it's super interesting to me. I read and read and read. I don't watch, outside of watching New York Jets football and now the Knicks are starting to maybe try to do something, so a little Knicks basketball, like I consume nothing but your comments and I get into rabbit holes. You know how on Wikipedia or YouTube you start off watching something and then three hours later you're watching like penguins like on each other? <laughs> That's what I do with comments. You guys leave comments. of it, you know, is like something is either overwhelmingly like I'm the Messiah, which you can keep doing that, I feels great, (laughs) or I'm a snake oil salesman and piece of I love that even more, by the way. Keep feeding me, you losers, okay? (laughs) But the 20% super interesting to me, which is, you know, say something, and of that 20%, 10% say something really intriguing. I'm a little bit of an enigma. I'm an interesting kind of character in the way that I communicate versus my actions. Actually, watch this. How many people here, honest, remember, lying is the devil. How many people here, honestly, the first time or two that they came across me, thought I was a face and didn't like me? Raise your hands. Raise them high. Ooh, that's a little too many. And so, knowing that truth, I am always fascinated because I'm able to judge people on how they react to me. A lot of the people that raised their hands were in a mindset at the time of not being comfortable being suffocated from the excuse that they were comfortable with. If you ask me when I look at my content and take myself out of it, the thing that I'm doing is I'm putting pressure. I'm putting pressure and I'm using the truth as my pressure point, which is making me successful and why so many people benefit from me. Because once you can flip over, and once you can start actually taking full accountability, like it's crazy, but my parents, you know, it's funny, when I talk about myself, it's all about Sasha and Tamara Vaynerchuk. Like all the good that's happening with me, I'm like, I had nothing. You know, when you guys are the best, I'm like, cool, my parents, you know, being an immigrant, like America, capitalism, like I, if Misha and Xander crush it, if VaynerMedia crushes it, you know, like that I can be like, that's me. But like when I think about what my parents did and what my circumstance and environment did, I'm just incapable of A, doing anything for anybody and expecting anything in return. You wanna have live a very happy life? Create the framework that I did naturally. I don't know if I created it or if it was given to me. The greatest version of life I've ever seen is the one I'm living, which is, Nobody ever disappoints you because you never expected anything from anybody. I'm telling you right now, you wanna talk about why so many of you aren't exactly where you wanna be? Look deep inside yourself on what your expectations of others are. And then the worst of you are the ones that do expecting something more in return. That's my favorite. That's like the 10 emails I got today. Gary Vee, I'll buy you lunch when you're in Sydney. Yeah, that sounds rad, Rick. Can't wait to get that $8 sandwich for a 
an hour and a half session. <laughs> My friends, accountability, giving with no expectation in return, playing the long game, every single person's business or ambition will grow exponentially tomorrow if they spend the next 13 years giving away free content forever. Seems super non-natural. When do you monetize? How do you do this? The person that holds the breath the longest wins. You know, it's just very simple. The problem is, is there's so many people here that are just not patient. And you're not, you know, the youngsters aren't patient because they have chips on their shoulder because they want to prove to mom and dad that they're right and they're gonna do it their way and the second they start doing their process, they've got the pressure on them. What, you know, they haven't made it yet. This is all about shortcuts versus the long game. I spent the first 13 years of my career building my dad's liquor business for him. I was 34 years old, had no money to my name, owned 0% of Wine Library and started VaynerMedia with AJ by getting somebody to pay us $80,000 before we did the campaign because I had no dollars. I decided to spend the first 13 years of my life working 15 hours a day to build my dad's business for him because I felt so thankful for what my parents did for me. So when people say easy for you or this and that, I'm like, look at my narrative. Like, you know, how many of you are not 34 years old? Younger, younger than 34, raise your hands. All of you that just raise your hands, I never made $100,000 a year. Like, think about how much time you actually have. I honed my skills, I learned how to build a business, but everybody's so impatient. Lack of patience and entitlement are the frameworks to why people aren't successful here. I'm talking very heady off the gate because before I get to the examples of what you should do on Facebook and Instagram and how influencer marketing's working and where the white space in our industry and voice and Alexa skills and all the you know I'm gonna go into in a minute, before I get there, if your mind isn't right, it doesn't matter how you execute. And for the people that are over 45 and above, over 45 and above, if you're still trying to get yours, you need to understand that the if you're not satisfied, if you're not where you wanna be, you need to understand that you've had time now to play and the way you've been playing it isn't working. Just important to understand that. Now, if you're pumped and you're awesome, then you won. And by the way, this isn't a money game. If you make $57,000 a year and have the work-life balance that you want, you're happy as you won. I know people making $8 million a year, they're miserable and hate their life. And I have friends who make $67,000 a year loving life for softball teams and love it. It's not a dollars and cents. I don't give a how much money you make. Do you feel pumped as when you wake up? Like I do. Like I barely sleep you know, on these kind of trips and I can't wait to get over here and talk to you about it because I love it. I love grinding. I love all the fires I had to put out in the green room. I love that we lost an $8 million pitch today. I love it. I love it. I mean it, because I don't want the stuff. I don't want the stuff. Everybody wants the stuff. You want the stuff because it's closing a gap of insecurity or not happiness. That's what you want. You want nice so other people think you're good because you're not confident within your own self. Like, when you start actually figuring out how not to give a about anybody else's opinion for real, and I'm talking about your spouse and your children and your parents that deep, let alone your neighbor or your homie from around the way, it's really quiet in here. It's real good in here. 
and I am desperate to figure out why you feel like you aren't in that place. What is it? Parenting, I get it, I know why. I'm just trying to get you to realize, what are you waiting for to change? The reason I talk randomly about going and visiting retirement homes is because I want you to see what regret and resentment looks like at 90 years old. The reason I think the number one thing that every person in this room should do is go and volunteer in a retirement home next week for a day is because A, it's a nice deed and they'll love it, but you are gonna get disproportionately more value out of it because you're gonna look at a stranger who's not your grandparent and you're gonna jam. You'll talk and you'll interact and I promise you, when you see 90-year-old regret or resentment from not doing or living their lives by somebody else's point of view, aka their parents, you will get so scared it will completely change the course of how you do it, it stuns me that people's self-esteem in this room are wrapped up in how many Instagram followers they have. It stuns me in the that we do because of other people's opinions. The reason I've been able to deploy patience is because when I was 29 years old and worked for my daddy's liquor store and my other friends were at Wall Street and making 200,000 a year, I didn't give a I didn't give a because I knew how it was gonna all end up. I knew exactly who I was. I laugh that you guys think I'm doing something right now. I haven't even started. I'm being dead serious with you. And so, and so, I've spent the last two or three years spending more time trying to figure out what the how did they build me like this, what was the circumstance that got me here, and how do I pass on anything to you? I realize the reason I give away all my best stuff for free is because if you get some, it's not gonna come out of my expense. I love how many of you think you've got some big idea that you can't share with anybody and you want people to sign NDAs. What the f- is the matter with you? Ideas are completely a commodity. I'll give you every idea of every business that's gonna work. I'll give you a thousand of them in esports and AI and machine learning and blockchain and crypto and I'll go on and on. I'll give you everything. I'll give them every single thing. The problem is ideas are like knowing you should do push-ups. <laughs> knowing you should do push-ups versus doing push-ups is a very big difference. I am always talking about hustle and hard work and people like to razz me too much, too much. The only reason I talk about that is it's not interesting for me to sit here and tell you to become smarter. Imagine if this talk was like, hey guys, be smarter. There's zero practicality in that. The one guaranteed controllable thing for this entire audience, row by row, is if you work more, more could happen. If you work, I love when people are like, hey Gary, but they you know, raise the hand and they're cute. Hey Gary, listen, you talk about working hard, but I'm working smart, and that's working. And I'm like, cool bro, but I'm working hard and smart, so you. <laughs> Guys, we are living through a ridiculously phenomenal era, and let me explain what it is. It's called the Facebook era. First point of advice, if you do not spend an ungodly amount of your time and energy on Facebook and Instagram, regardless of what you do, 
regardless of what you do. I'm talking, you're targeting 50 to 80 year olds in a B2B environment. So I'm gonna say this nice and slow. I'm a businessman, not a social media guru. Listen very carefully. If you are not spending a disproportionate amount of your money and time and energy in 2018 on Facebook and Instagram, you are leaving significant upside for what you're trying to achieve on the table. This ship has sailed. This is not a debatable issue anymore. And when I look at the prices for the Australian market of attention, it's even better than the US market. When I look at the Australian influencers, what they're asking for for shout outs and compared to the US market, even though they're getting more organic reach, not less, it's not even funny. How many people here sell a physical product? Raise your hands. All of you better be deeply become practitioners in what Instagram influencers marketplace looks like. How much does it cost to have somebody on Instagram with a following shout out your product? Whether she or he has 3,000 fans or 1.9 million, there is an arbitrage in, because people don't know how to price themselves. Some are asking for too much, some are asking for too little, but it's an inefficient marketplace that you could take advantage of because I don't know if you guys heard, but people are living on this device. Literally, literally, I almost had a heart attack in the green room because I was in the green room, I went to go take a I put my phone down and it started sliding. My life flashed before my eyes. The thought that this would go into the toilet and I would not be able to have a phone for a day and a half blew my face off my body. This is the single most important, literally I have a wallet on me, I would literally rather somebody come up here, shoot me with a gun, and steal my passport than lose my phone. (laughs) Why is that? It's because the world runs through this. Now, you may think that's sad because you grew up pre-cell phone. You might think that's sad because you reminisce of the days you had a pager and that was super cool. You may think that's sad because you don't like the kids being on it too much. Or when you go out to dinner, it's not nice that the couple's sitting there and both on the phone and that's not the way it should be according to you, Sally. (laughs) But technology and society doesn't give a about how you think it should be. It just does what it does and it is your job to adjust to the reality of the situation. And the reality of the situation is if you do not know how to make written words, pictures, or video, or audio sound for the phone that we all hold in our hand across the 10 platforms called Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, LinkedIn, blah, 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 you are irrelevant. Let me make this perfectly clear. If you think Google AdWords and email and direct mail and events and everything else are gonna get you to the next chapter, you will lose. All those things I mentioned work. They're just either priced appropriately or grossly overpriced. While the things I just talked about prior to that are grossly underpriced. If you pay the appropriate price for Google and direct mail and your competitor underbuys attention on Facebook and Instagram, you will lose. That is how it's always happened. If you're baffled how the biggest companies in the world continue to go out of business, it's because of the thing that I just talked about. And let me tell you what's gonna happen over the next five years. 
Because of VaynerMedia, and this is why I strategically did it for many other reasons, we work with Budweiser and Pepsi and GE and the biggest companies in the world. None of these companies are remotely close spending enough money on Facebook. Not even close. When they wake up, like they did on Google in 2009 and 10, even though I was buying attention 2001, 2, 3, 4, 5, when they wake up, which they're about two years away from waking up, and they start pouring the right amount of money into those platforms, you will no longer be paying $6 CPMs in front of any citizen in Australia that you want targeted to Asian or African American or a footy fan or somebody who drinks beer or who likes Hunter Valley Semillon or all the other things that you can do on Facebook, yet you don't know this because you guys aren't practitioners. You have opinions on Facebook advertising, you just have never run any Facebook ads. When that happens in 24 months and they start spending the right money, you're not gonna have enough money to reach the people. Nobody here is running to the TV station to run tons of television commercials because they're too expensive for you. And that's what's going to happen on Facebook and Instagram and you're gonna think back to this talk and be really that you were super fired up when Gary became but a week later you went back to the same habits that got you there in the first place. And I am putting pressure on this conversation with the deep hope, the passion, that you have the humility to start actually doing the work required to achieve the that's coming out of your mouth. I am fascinated by how many people here are gonna build a million dollar business and aren't putting in enough work or enough research and smarts to get even close to that place. While we have the greatest era ever, let me explain. If this was a business talk in 1974 and I was telling you stuff, you'd have to go to the library to read books to get more detailed information when I was done. The fact that everybody here who has no idea how to make a Snapchat filter or run a YouTube pre-roll on a video based on the queries and searches that person made on Google or how to do targeted Facebook RSVP event advertising that is grossly underpriced or how to price or even begin to price an Instagram influencer that's asking for amount of money. The fact that you guys have, and you might want to write this down, this incredible resource for free, G, O, O, G, L, E, dot com. The fact that you have that, watching people write this down is making me laugh. (laughs) The fact that you have Google and you can type in, how do I price Instagram influencers? Enter, and 33 minutes later, be somewhat decently educated on what to do, and yet everybody's throwing up their hands and saying, Gary, I don't get all this You didn't get driving, you figured it out. We are in a place where we are not putting in the work. We are in a place where we are not accepting the gravitas of the situation, which is, I'm gonna say it again, the single greatest era to be an entrepreneur because the internet is now at scale. Guys, when I started selling wine on the internet in 1997, most people didn't have a computer, let alone be on the internet. I would literally go to things and be like, you wanna buy some wine on the internet? Or actually, I didn't call it the internet. You wanna buy some wine on the information superhighway? (laughs) People didn't even know. 
I would ask for people's email addresses and they didn't even, like, you, it would be like if I'm talking to you right now about VR infrastructure or the way that a lot of you don't understand the blockchain or Ethereum and you try to talk about Bitcoin like you know something and you have no idea what you're talking about, right? Like that, that's how the internet was in 97. The fact that all of us are now in a place where this entire room has a cell phone device, internet access, and has one to three of these apps downloaded and that you can produce on that platform and it costs you, let me say it again, nothing. And you could speak about Facebook ads, cool, but you could still go organic, you could. It's why you should really focus on Instagram because 30, 40% organic for now is a a lot interesting in my opinion, especially when you get to become a practitioner and you start putting 15 hashtags around your industry and your product and you have people discover you for, let's say it one more time, free, yet, We do not have the humility to put in the work. It baffles my mind that you have not spent 100 hours in research on Snapchat, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram marketing. You think you're gonna outsource it to your 13-year-old niece? You think it's not gonna matter? You think a new app's gonna come along? That's fine, but I'm gonna tell you right now, the regret in this room to not going all in on those platforms during this era is going to be quite high in four or five years when everybody realizes what we just lived through. I have enormous regret. My only business regret in my career is that I did not spend enough money on Google during 2002 to 2005 when I was building my dad's liquor store because I had words for five cents a clip and I didn't understand how good of a deal it was. Words that I spent 10 cents a click for are now $8, $6, $4. It changed. It came and went. I built a big business for my dad on the back of it, but it could have been much bigger. You might be doing a little Facebook and a little bit of Instagram, but you're not doing enough. It is underpriced. And by the way, this whole 10-minute rant, just so everybody knows, I don't give a if you do anything I just said. I'm putting this on film to just be historically correct. You're not my sister. I don't care. And so I implore you, I've got nothing to sell you, girls and boys. I'm trying to sell legacy here and be right. So please figure out why you're not doing what I just said. And usually it comes from hardcore human flaws. Audacity, ego, just don't want to do the work. You know, you've been working hard on other things, you don't want to do the work, you don't have time. My friends, way bigger companies than yours are about to go out of business over the next five years because they're underestimating this. I just want everybody to hear, way bigger companies than yours are about to go out of business and are going out of business. In America, Toys R Us has gone out of business. There's news companies in this country going out of business. There's real going on. You haven't seen anything yet. I want to remind you that 13 years ago, everything we just talked about doesn't exist not iPhone, not Facebook, not YouTube, nothing. This has happened in 12 years. You know, and for us that are 40, 42 and older, that's like yesterday. I understand if you're 19, that seems like a long time. It won't soon. And in 10 years, everything that we're talking about now is this iPhone X that's so rad, this is literally a piece of dookie in 10 years. Where do you think we're going? What do you think's gonna happen with machine learning and AI and crypto? Where do you think this is all going? So if you haven't fully immersed yourself into a hardcore digital world, that's like you not running on the treadmill leading up to the longest marathon of your life. 
What do you think, it's gonna go backwards? What do you think, they're gonna shut down the internet? <laughs> We're gonna all write letters, it's gonna be really sweet. Where do you think the world's going? And so please, I beg you to take this talk, this moment, this night, to have the cold shower that I'm trying to deliver to recognize you're not doing enough. You're not pushing it hard enough. You're not educated enough. You're not doing the hard work. You're just not. I know it, I know it, and again, listen, I'm sure there's plenty of you doing all the right things. Cool. I'm talking about the fact that I looked at everybody who used this hashtag today and then spent time on my flight from Brisbane here and in the back room looking at what you're doing. You're mailing it in. You've got the accounts to make yourself feel good that you're doing it. What's the ROI of a piano? For me? For Elton John, a billion dollars. How many people here, this time to tell the truth because it's okay because a lot of hands go up. How many people here have run Facebook ads that didn't work for them? Raise your hands. Raise them high and I want it. Stand up. Stand up if you ran Facebook ads and it didn't work for you. I want everybody to look around. In my passionate plea for the last 15 minutes and then in the people that stood up here, you guys can sit down, thank you so much, is the rub, is the thing that I'm most passionate about. How many people here have run Facebook ads that have worked for them? Stand up. This is it. This is the thing that matters to me. Thank you, you can sit down. So many things can work, but you have to be good at it. So many things can work, but you have to try more. So many people ran Facebook ads in that first group, spent a couple thousand bucks, maybe even tens of thousands of dollars, it didn't work, and they decided that that was enough information to deem the whole thing not working. We are making short-term mistakes. We are not investing in the reality of understanding the only thing that matters, which is the end consumer's attention. Where your attention is, is where I am. Why did I start getting serious about my podcast in December of last year? Here's why. How many people here consume my content? Raise your hand. Thank you. Of those people, how many in the last year have started listening to my podcast or listened to my podcast? Raise your hand. Thank you. How many in the last year have started listening more to the podcast and consuming less of the video? Raise your hand. Stand up. And I really appreciate you coming up and down. I appreciate it. Thank you. I want people to see. Look around. These are people who in 2017 started listening to radio more than watching television. These are people who've been listening more to my podcast than watching video. Sit down, thank you so much. Because these are people who valued their time so much that they subconsciously figured out that they could get the information but they could be doing something else in parallel while they're listening to the information so that they could do two things instead of one because we continue to grossly underestimate our capability. My friends, texting and driving, super dangerous, right? Plenty of, more people die from that than we report, right? But you know how many people should die from texting and driving? Everyone. It is super hardcore that you're not looking at the road and you're looking at a phone. The reality is, is that humans can do multiple things at once. We grossly underestimate us. We're about to live in the growing era 
a voice. Get ready for the next five to seven years, all of the action, all of this unbelievable underpriced attention is coming to a voice next to you. It's going to be in podcast form right now over the next half decade between Amazon Alexa and Google Home and Apple HomePod and I, Facebook better figure it out and whoever else is playing, they're gonna produce things and every single person here is gonna be brushing their teeth seven years from now out of toothpaste, they're gonna spit it and they're gonna say something like, Alexa, reorder my toothpaste and it will. Alexa, don't forget to bring Mary an anniversary present tomorrow. Do you want me to buy the anniversary present? Sure, cool. Lack of friction. Every person here gives away everything for speed. You overpay, you give money for speed. You give up your privacy for speed. You guys put your social security numbers, credit cards, addresses, everything, just so that your phone won't ask you for the password again. (laughs) We are living through the biggest shift in human culture since the printing press became a media source that dictated our thoughts. This is a big deal. This isn't a, what's a marketing campaign I can come up with or what's an app that's gonna be next, Gary, so I can be on it. This is a, it's happening right in your face and you're not doing anything about it. So look, you could get fired up You could take courses, you can read books, you can do anything you want. I implore you to do none of that and start actually doing. Nothing would make me happier than if every person in this room stopped watching my content and spent their time testing and learning the theories that I've shoved down your throat for the last two years. Because the only way it's gonna happen is if you do. And you can sit around and ponder and debate and tell me why no, or why it's bad, or this and that, all you're doing is layering excuse on top of excuse to not doing the thing you don't wanna do, which is go learn something for 48 hours, or 97 hours, or 400 hours, and then go work 15 hours a day to achieve the shit that's coming out of your mouth. Period, end of story. And what makes me sad is unlike 1984 and 1992, in 1967, if you actually did what I'm telling you to do, you would get disproportionate dollars, disproportionate impact, and disproportionate growth in a shorter period of time than any generation prior to us from this day back. Greatest era ever, most entitlement ever. Greatest era ever, most excuses ever. And that's what we're living through. And there's a couple people who are doing something about it. And a lot of good things are happening for them. So look, I think it's hardcore for me. Like, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm like, how do I just get them to do this? Like, how do I get them to understand how ridiculous it is? Watch what I do, not what I say. There's a reason I didn't put out a lot of content in 2012, 13, 14. It's because there was nothing remotely this interesting. Facebook was still growing in its product and its scale, right? Twitter wasn't an effective selling mechanism. It was a great community builder and for branding, incredible. I wanna remind you that's how I got here, right? And we weren't there yet. Frictionless payment, this and that, we just weren't there yet. 
the reason I've gotten so loud and traveling over the world two times over in a week is because I'm desperate to put it on film and be historically correct. I'm desperate for one of you to email me three years from now and say, you know what? It was the Sydney talk that finally got me out of my and I got educated and I won hard on LinkedIn following your model. Like, that's what I'm looking for. And so please, please, one, two, three of you, because that's where I'm at. Been doing this a long time. Everybody's sitting there saying, yeah, this is it, I'm gonna do it. And the next Thursday happens and you lose a client and you go on defense. So please be that person that fulfills the strategy that I'm deploying here. Couple other things. How many people here have employees? Raise your hand. Great. Let's talk about a couple random things as little footnotes on the way out. Hiring. How many people here struggle with hiring? Good. It's wrapped up in your ego. It's not about hiring, it's about firing. Too many people, how many people struggle with hiring? Me too, included one more time. Too many of you don't want to admit that you've made the wrong hire, so you hold on to somebody that it's black and white that you should be firing, but you don't want to do it because your ego is wrapped up because you're a good hirer and you are gonna figure it out and fix it. It's the most interesting psychology in business that I've seen, I'm fascinated by it, and that's why I wanted to throw it out here. It's not about being great at hiring, it's about being great at firing. Number two, if you aren't firing, the person that's making the most money for you, but they're the biggest piece of and for the other boys and girls, you will long-term lose. If you are holding on to somebody who's straight cancer but delivering on the field, you will lose. Look at every sports team in the history. When there isn't continuity and good vibes, no matter how much talent that team has, they lose. Wonder why? Because it's the way it's played. It's how humans work. No one person matters enough have the bravery to get rid of that person because it is hurting your long-term upside. Most of you don't wanna do that because that means you have to go back in and do something that that person's covering and you deserve to lose and your company will lose. So those are my two things on hiring. Real quick while I've got you, this millennial talk is such horse it pisses me the off. Listening to all you old claim that millennials are entitled and lazy is so boring and so sad and shows how big of a loser you are, it's incredible. You're gonna tell me, how many people are 40 and older? Raise your hands. You're gonna tell me you didn't have a bunch of lazy around you back in the day? It is ridiculous and it is a terrible mindset and it's absolutely hurting so many of you because you're disrespecting technology and the reality of the game. This is the greatest generation. There are much better human beings as a whole than we are. Sure, some of them because some of us, every generation, yes, do a lot of them have an entitlement issue? Absolutely, it's not their fault. The world's been good for too long. Super easy to complain about not getting a whole lot of likes when people aren't going to war and getting killed. So you can't be mad at them because the world got good for a long time. We've lost perspective. I also wanna remind most of the 40 and olders, we're the ones that created these kids. Everybody protecting little Sal from not losing made him a loser. (laughs) Eighth place trophies don't win. How many people have more than 20 employees? Raise your hand. Little fun facts, super interesting to me, something that's really helped me, just trying to throw some random out here. 
I hope you're in the mindset that you work for them, not the other way around. The number one thing that has worked for me is I genuinely believe I work for everybody that works for me, right? I work for them. It is the only mindset, it's what I started this talk with. My fault, my this, right? This $8 million pitch we lost today, I didn't touch it at all. My people did, I hear the news, I'm like, I up. Didn't make the deck, didn't go to meeting, was not part of anything. I up because I hired those people. I'm the last line of defense, it's me. Another thing that always blew my mind about my dad and other people that I watch, they expect their employees to work as hard as them. Makes me laugh. How do you expect somebody to work as hard as you when you own the thing? If you want your employees to work as hard as you, give them equal equity to what you have. A miraculous thing will happen. They'll start working as hard as you. I have a funny feeling that's not the trade that you wanna make. So become far more realistic about your expectations and look at what you're compensating. And then on compensation. If you're lucky, next year I have 800 employees. Next year I will mandate spending 15 minutes with every one of my employees every six months. It is gonna eat up an ungodly amount of my time. My entire mission in that time is to get to know who they are a little bit more get them a little more comfortable to tell me the truth because we have an actual relationship and build context on what drives them. Because there's plenty of people who want money, there's plenty of people who want a bigger title, work-life balance, travel. I actually don't care. I just need to know what they are. If you're unbelievable, you can have them all. If you kind of you're gonna have to pick one. But the reality is, is I need to put them in a position to tell me what it is and I'm quadrupling down on the context with my employees, way too many of us spend way too much energy on customers and nowhere close to enough on employees. And I promise you, if you reverse that, your organizations will feel the financial impact in a very significant way. Gentleman who introduced me said something to me. Today, this morning in Brisbane, I said, you know, everything I'm trying to do here is predicated on trying to figure out what people are saying behind my back. And he said to me that, you know, it's a real pleasure to have you here, Gary. You know, I gotta tell you, it's interesting. I do this a lot, you do this a lot. It's super interesting how people talk about you back here in the setup room and how many nice things are said about you. My friends, everybody's watching. And now with technology, everybody's watching for real. Every word, every tweet, every Facebook thing you say is something that you're gonna have to explain to your grandchild. Everything you sell, how you sell it, how you interact. I implore you, listen, it's one thing when somebody leaves an anonymous review on our site and says I'm a because they got fired and they fine. It's another thing if somebody has never met me and I said that their company and they get upset and they say I'm a blowhard, makes sense. But the people that actually interact with you, who've spent time with you, you better make sure that you're living a life that puts you in a position for them to say the right thing. The only way you can do that, actually, in my opinion, is to have very long-term vision. So many people here want it to happen tomorrow and are gonna live for another 77 years. So many of you are taking shortcuts to make an extra $15,000 tomorrow and it's gonna cost you money for the next 44 years. We are stunningly intriguing animals with our inability to be patient, with our desperate need to get something in the short term 
only to prove something to everybody else because we haven't proved it to ourselves. Please, please, please stop playing that game because it is binary. The ones that play that game are unhappy and lose. The ones that don't are happy and win. It's crystal clear, historic. This has nothing to do with this. This has been around since cavemen hit each other with a club. Please do the right thing. It always is the right thing. And that doesn't mean just being noble and everything I just talked about. It means putting in the work, both educating yourself on the that's actually happening and then doing the output of the work to actually achieve the audacity that is coming out of your mouth that you're gonna live one of the best lives on earth. I remind you how few people, everybody's an entrepreneur now on Instagram. How many people are gonna be successful entrepreneurs is a different game. I could change my bio on my Instagram account right now real easy to say rapper. (laughs) I want to. (laughs) But am I gonna make it? I leave you with that. Do you have self-awareness? Do you know who you actually are versus who you wish you were? Because a lot of you are playing based on what you wish you were. The second you figure out who the you are, and don't apologize for it, and surround yourself with the people that do the things that you can't do, whether you're your partner or you pay them, a lot of good will happen. And so, self-awareness and humility and empathy and all these warm and fuzzy things that grandma talks about happen to be the biggest secrets in the rough and tumble game of business. I highly recommend you get in touch with those emotions. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Gary Vaynerchuk. Hey, podcast listeners, uh, big ups. I'm putting on my Gary Vaynerchuk, CEO of VaynerMedia hat right now, not the Gary V that all of you love so much. One of the most exciting things that VaynerMedia sells, besides the million-dollar scopes for the biggest brands in the world, is this concept of 4Ds. Daily Digital Deep Dive, a consulting product from VaynerMedia that has crushed uh, for us and has had a huge impact. A $10,000 immersion day where you come in and you learn from our creative team, our media team, our consulting and strategy team. Like I'm in there for an hour doing kind of my one-on-one Q&A, personal, fix your business, grow your business, expand your business session. It has exploded hearing the ridiculous stories of I came to your 40s and was doing 280,000, now we're doing 2.2 million. I want to make sure the podcast world knows about it. VaynerMedia.com slash 4DS or GaryVaynerChuk.com, hit the events tab, go see the dates, sign up. This will change your business. See ya.